0: On ABC Radio, this is The Big Fish with Scott Levine.
1: Ahoy there. Welcome aboard another episode of The Big Fish. Coming up, Michael Guest fighting a black marlin from a jet ski off the mid-north coast. I mean, what could go wrong? A stinker trying to teach his neighbour offshore snapper fishing in a swell. Once again, what could go wrong? As the Monty Python crew say... Also coming up on The Big Fish, Tamworth's Annie Mitchie with the Keep It Carp Muster and Giant Kingfish and even bigger Sharks on Sydney Harbour with Craig McGill. All coming up on The Big Fish. Do you like jet skis? I don't know, you either love them or hate them, although more and more fisher folk are finding them as great fishing platforms. A number of our guests on The Big Fish have had a lot of fun uh, with these. We uh, spoke to Michael Guest about catching giant barramundi in Queensland impoundments off jet skis and now he's catching marlin. Guesty, good morning.
2: Good morning, mate. Yeah, there's no stopping me. I'm always off, up to something, you know, that's been spoken to you for a while.
1: Yeah, we've had a bit of a break over Christmas, uh, back in, into it now. Uh, been, so been... Have,
2: I, have I had a break from you or have you had a break from me?
1: We've had a break from each other.
2: Oh, that's... right, cool, that's right. As long as it's mutual, that's fine. So.
1: But that, uh, the, the nude barramundi fishing off the, um, the jet ski is always Yeah, nude
2: barramundi fishing off the sea do, that did happen, yes. That did happen, actually.
1: That, <laughs> that did, <laughs> did indeed. But tell us about the black marlin.
2: Oh uh, Yeah, so just um, filming for Series 11 of real action that that, that kicks off uh, national television later this year. And, uh, yeah, it, it was one of those, you know, you get, as you do more and more fishing, I guess your little bucket list things that you want to tick off tend to get a little bit more diverse. And I've been so lucky that I've been able to, you know, do all sorts of things, you know, catch black bass in in New Guinea and, you know, giant snapper in New Zealand. And I've been really lucky to travel and do lots of things. But um, I hadn't caught a Marlin off off, off the sea do And I wanted to go and do that uh, off the PwC, I should say. And, um, and I, I wanted to go and do that. So I thought, what the heck, now's the time. There's lots of big influx of small um, black marlin right down the coast. Um, actually, I was up Fraser Island only not that long ago, side-casting at them in the shallows. But that's another story for another time. That was pretty awesome. So, yeah, ventured out of um, out of put-in at Foster and went out off Cape Hawk um in the purpose to catch one and it was one of those days and marlin are one of those fish that can be day on day off day on day off you know they'll go really hard feed well for a day and then the next day they're not so good and um i had another mate out there in a boat and he would caught 12 from 13 bites or something um only 10 days before and he was out and i know on that day he had one bite and caught one so you, you, you're probably in a, such a small watercraft as a PwC, and I was only trolling one bait around because you don't want to have two or three baits out and, and get a hook up because that's just asking for absolute bedlam and carnage to try and sort that out with a billfish. I went out a bit wider, out about 60 metres, and found a bit of a temperature break, and the water was warmer, and there was a lot of slimy mackerel there, and it just looked looked billfishy. I think that's actually a word as well, Scotty, so... Um, <laughs> but it just looked it looked like this is a place where I'm going to get a bite and probably only trolled for about 25 minutes to be honest so it wasn't it wasn't a, a story where it was like windy in the afternoon and we're still going trying to find one it was just one of those lucky days and 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 trolling and I I was using um a spin rod brand new spin rod and a really high end spin reel um because I figured that's easier than having to use an overhead and use my thumb to direct the line coming back on and it sort of allowed me to sort of steer the BWC and wind if I did, did get a bite anyway sure enough bang oh got a bite and, and the camera boat was probably about 80 meters off to the side there got a bite here you know and taking line and yeah yeah yep yeah. and then it's one of those ones so then I closed the bail arm and I had the the reel back the, the drag back right off and then it and then that line starts cruising off and with a circle hook when you want to um set that hook it's so important that fish is moving away so that circle hook comes back in and locks in the corner of the jaw and then I just slowly ease the drag up the drag up drag up and the next you know it's gone tight and it's running at full drag and I'm going you little ripper and <laughs> out he came out of the water for black about oh I don't know, maybe 25 kilos and it's doing backflips and somersaults and then and then the fun begins you know you've got to you've got to work out your angles and and try and get onto the fish and and Obviously, get the fish in quick, quickly, and let it go in the most healthy condition as you can. But also, not have it, not have it, uh, you know, come jumping yeah. across the water with was that just jump. Just about to
1: say, work, work right. out, work out how not to become a shish kebab.
2: Yeah, exactly. So the non shish kebab technique was what I was working towards, and it was pretty good because it jumped all around. We got some fantastic vision. it will be on the TV show later this year. And um, and uh, anyway, but it wasn't until I got it in close, and then right now I've got to take a make a raft. So I've got the leader and I was going to try and maybe grab it by the bill but it was like it was it was not happy and and uh, I was it, it, on the leader it's dumping all around the PwC and then then I took, grabbed the leader pretty short and just it was only 60 pound fluorocarbon and, and it had worn through a bit as they do with those a bills so it was great and I just went crack right mate off you go and popped him off and he had probably only had about two inches a leader uh, um, with the hook right in the corner of the jaw, and that would that'd have out within two or three days, so perfect job, and he swam away and i was I was very happy about that
1: Scotty. Ah, those circle hooks are great for catch and release aren 't they we 're speaking with Michael guest who 's just uh, cracked the black marlin off the the jet ski a lot of the the trolling i 've done for for marlin the skippers often say the boat is our greatest attractor the the, the bigger the boat, the more wake the more. the the fish come up to have a look i don't know if that's true or not
2: oh no that's absolutely true it's a fish attracting device is your boat it's all Mm. about the vibration the prop noise the wash you put out so yeah Yeah, without a doubt a 60 foot game boat will generally raise a lot more fish and with a bigger window behind especially when it's Mm. windy you get this big clear window and and um it will raise more fish you can spread your baits out further you're covering more area But then the opposite of that Probably the opposite of that would be uh, a stand-up paddleboard would be pretty ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> a, kayak would, a kayak's probably tough as well, but at least with the PWC, <clears throat> you've got the jet <clears throat> the jet engine sucking water in and spitting it out, and you've got that bit of bubble and raw. So there is a little bit of attraction there as well, and you can still do all those things where, if you wanted to, you could you control laws or you could control skip baits or you can control yeah. live baits like I did. Um, but for me... Solo. If I had two people, I probably would have trolled two baits. If I had an, an extra person on the PWC, but it was just me, um, and you could troll a teaser as well.
1: Um, yeah, I'm just going those, to say, you know, those teasers work so well at the skipping squared or the the even the little mirrored things that you can run behind. Yeah, um, so all of that. you could do all of that. You reckon?
2: Oh, absolutely. If you had, it's but generally when I'm marlin fishing on the boat, I try to only put out as many. Objects as I've got crew that can pull them in in the hurry and, and 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 make things happen because you, you, game fishing is one of those things where it can be just absolute <laughs> sheer dullness and to the point where it's almost boring at times if it's dead quiet but then it just goes it, it's like sitting it's like sitting in the start line in one of my in my world rally car years ago with the engine off and then you're sitting there sitting there and that's like right oh start the engine here comes the fish and then you know full throttle hundred percent and start changing gears that's what game fishing's like and it just goes from zero to 100% so fast and then you've got to be ready to clear the gear get all the gear in um, especially you know it, you don't want things getting sucked into the jet of the, of the PwC so if you're trolling a, a teaser you've got to clear that so it doesn't get sucked in or if you're in a boat you don't want it around your outboard or inboard engine so you've got to be able to get all the teasers in <clears throat> clear the other lines turn the boat to suit what the marlin's doing at times so they don't always just eat the bait and run away from you sometimes they come charging straight at you and you've got to you know get on the throttle and turn the boat away and, and and let that marlin take off in the direction it needs to and settle down into the battle um so there's a bit going on and to try and you know and I remember years ago Scotty, back in the day when you and I were doing a bit of fishing together and, and being off out of Swansea and in, in my 4.8 meter any back then and ha- trolling five laws, a teaser and a witch doctor. So two teasers and five <laughs> laws by myself. It does over-complic- and, uh, overcomplicate uh, things. And then you a, a hook a, a big, like a 15 kilo mahi-mahi and then, oh, and you're winding all these other laws in and, and by the time I got all my gear in, I'm like, half the line's out on the reel and, and yeah. oh, I
1: was just bedlam. And yeah, it's you know, nice and simple. I look simple. back at that now and think, what an idiot, really. Yeah, nice and That's- nice and simple with the just a circle hook, pinning a live bait and just gently trolling, I guess just slowly going, do you, do you yeah, down, yeah, down it rig it or you put a, put a lead or just uh, up near no, the top? No, no, just, just
2: swimming it along so it's what we call bridle rig, so there's a loop of light fluorocarbon in front of its eyes um, and, and and as long as you don't, those big slimy mackerel, as long as you don't pull them much more generally two knots um, so about sort of that you know, three and a half kilometres an hour is, is pretty good and then you've got to think about the fact if you turn into the current. Then you need to slow that down even further because they have got more water pressure across their face. If you're going with the current, you might find you control it. If you've got two knots of current running downhill, you control it four, four and a half knots. You know, so you've got to you've got to think about that. So quite often it's better to go across the current, like zigzag your way across the current a little bit, um, and then they'll, they'll swim along. And then keep an eye on your sounder. And if you mark a bit of a bait ball or you mark a marlin, then you just knock things out of gear. And that that live bait will generally just swim straight back down to try and link up with the bait school underneath you, or, or you can let it swim down towards where the marlin are, and that's quite often when you'll get a bite, is, is, is to let that bait swim down, then you go back into gear again and then pull that bait back up towards the surface, so you're sort of covering a bit of ground rather than just having that bait sitting just below
1: the surface. And have you been getting into really big slimy's? We had a, a session on Botany Bay uh, a few weeks ago, which we uh, spoke about on the big fish, where they were monsters. I was just using very light line four pound line little oh, esht- how good esht- they go? Esht- rig, and they were they were popping me off i couldn 't stop them. They I had to amazing. go to go to ten pound on little circle hooks they were they were monsters they were really big slimy mackerel they were, yeah. they were like bonito,
2: mm, and they 're great bait and I always say to people, you know, talk about uh, you know horses for courses. But you get some three pound line, as you said, four pound line on that big slimies with the kids. That it's such great fun, and they just rock it around. And if they grew to, if they grew to fifty kilos, they'd be one of the greatest sport fish ever.
1: Your bar at Swansea, you're probably safer on a jet ski than you are in any any sort of boat.
2: Our uh, PWCs and they're they're. That, you know, and I know at times people get annoyed by the way some people ride them close when they're fishing. I, I use mine as an absolute fishing platform tool. So,
1: yeah, I like it when people use them in that way as something useful rather than just racing around annoying you. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, I, I think like the 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 the, the fishing design the PWC seadoo's that are out there now um, are one of the biggest selling ones. And, and because you've got a you've got a uh, you've got an esky on the back or a chilli bin as the Kiwis call it. And, Got rod holders all around there. I've got a depth sounder so I can see, find bait schools, and find the reef and the pinnacles. Um, and then people go, mate, they go fully sick on them and, and fit them right out with all their fishing you know, gear. I even had an electric motor mounted to one of mine years ago. I think I was one of the probably first in the world to actually have an electric motor. This is 10 or 12 years ago. I made up a frame and so I could use that sort of spot lock electric anchoring thing to, 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 to set on some that's pinnacles brilliant. and fish.
1: Brilliant, and that's interesting. That'll come next, next, I guess, because a lot of these modifications and innovations, no doubt, were were Fisher folk in Florida and Australia and other places chasing fish offshore, and and uh, they've said, well, people are doing this to our jet skis. Why don't we make it a, a unique selling point? I guess they they you know followed the, the lead and of. the I would just say to
2: any any of the listeners, if you've got one, whether it be for fishing or not, just. It's like anything. Same with boats. Just showing, you know, the waterways are busy. Just show a bit of courtesy. That's all, you, all you need to do. But, but as far as the fishing off them, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's easy. Like, it's, it's quick. They're small. You can launch them anywhere. You don't have to, you know, launch them at, at a traditional boat ramp. Um, they're quick to wash down and clean up. They don't use much fuel. And so they're, they're, they're a, yeah, they're, a, they're a great fun thing to do. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, you're seeing more of them, and I must say. The ones that give you plenty of space and respect are the ones that are bristling with fishing rods and rod holders on the back, because they understand, you know, if you're sitting in a boat anchored up, chasing uh, elusive whiting or, or whatever, they, they, you know, they understand fishing, so they they give you a, a wide berth, and you know, so the more fisher folk use them, probably the better the behaviour will become, I guess.
2: Oh, absolutely, and I've had I've had some blow ups on the sand flats over the years with people on PWCs who Who've come like straight across and picked my lo- like right across the back of my boat and
1: pick and, your lines and up, yeah.
2: And, and and that's just sheer. And and people do it with boats too, so it's not just that. No, no, just ignorance of, of your surroundings and and um and you know and I think that's slowly changing and that's through a bit of education as well. And and um, yeah, beautiful waterways we have right around the country and we've all just got to enjoy them. And speaking of um around the country, the Pertec Fishing Challenge, the world's biggest fishing competition for prostate cancer and neurosciences research. So it's quite a fish for for medical research. That's uh, up and going, open now. So get your entries in. So many target fish right around the country and all the details are there at au. Only $30 to enter. Get your cap and your brag mat and your sticker and there's all the other merch you can get as well. So lots of good things
1: happening in that space. Excellent, Michael. That's uh, something to look forward to and and to help some great causes. Good to catch you. See you out on the water. Look forward to it. Thanks, Scotty. See you, mate.
0: (laughs) This is The Big Fish on ABC Radio.
1: The Lake Keep It Family Fishing Club have a lot of fun on the way and one of the, uh, the hard workers there, Anne Mitchie, is keen to make it happen. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Scott. How's Keep It looking?
3: Absolutely
4: magnificent they have let a little bit of water out, but it's still looking like a dream out here at the moment and fishing really well for a change. It's very exciting. We've got fish coming in.
1: What's been caught?
4: Well, there's been some really nice yellow belly caught. Um, Quite a few people have uh, bagged out recently on the yellows. And the exciting news is there is people catching cod left, right and centre. They're still just that smidgen undersized. So I reckon give us 12 months and um, there'll be big smiles everywhere with some lovely legal-sized fish out here.
1: Are they stocked fish or ones that are bred naturally because it was empty?
4: (laughs) It was empty. It was most definitely empty. I believe there's a lot that are all a very similar size in the cod. So I think Mother Nature may have thrown a few in and there's a few stocked fish that would still be there as well. So it's a combination. And that's what stocking does. It only ever sort of tries to help Mother Nature out a bit rather than replace her. So that's where we're at at the moment with our fishing keep it.
1: Oh, lovely. Just lovely. And, and sadly, I guess, with water brings the, the, the feral carp, which compete yeah. with our natives, and um, I know catching them wouldn't really make too much of a dent in their, in their numbers, but it gives someone some, something to catch.
4: Well, exactly, exactly, Scott. Like, they're out here, as you said, in their literal millions, I think, the bloody carp. Uh, that's the problem. You, you water the garden, the weeds come up as well. So we've got carp galore out here, but we are gearing up. We're going to have our cracker of a carp muster over Easter, and we're going to see what we can do about trying to put a dent in their numbers, as you say, Scott, and also have a heck of a lot of fun and give away heaps of cool prizes.
1: Tell us all about it. It's a bit of a tradition. Well, it is when there's yeah. water in the water in the dam.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so we, we had a couple of years off with no water and um, the dreaded seaward slowed us down a bit as well, but we're back at it. We came back last year. So we've been running since about 2016, I believe, out at the dam, out here at the dam with the carp muster. We get together over the Easter weekends. Uh, we really encourage families and uh, kids to come out and have a go, especially people that have never ever, have enjoyed fishing, had a go at it before, come out and give it a crack. Carp are quite easy to catch out here, just off the bank with your corn kernel and you're in the running for some really good prizes. We have a lot of fun, the club puts on a really good day, lots of laughs and we top it off on the Sunday at our presentation with a big carp toss to figure out who is the champion tosser of Keep It Dance.
1: It's just amazing, isn't it? You go from 2018 when it was at the lowest level in, in the history of the dam. Uh, it yes. looked like a, a barren, uh, cracked was, mud yeah. desert. And then it's you go there. to 2022-23 where it's at 92% now, but it was yes. at 100-plus percent. Um,
3: yes, it did. It got up to 106%. It was insane. That's
4: like, you know... I was talking to someone about it. In a very short space of time, we've seen both ends of the spectrum with the dam, you know, 0.3% to 106%. You can't get much more extreme than that. And just to see the way it's all bounced back out there and it's just, you know, magic, the dam. And like I said, fishing really well again, which it hasn't for a long time. So it is just amazing what can happen in an ecosystem within a, a, a dam like that.
1: How many fish do you think survived? How many of the big ones? Because it's, it's notorious for some monster cod, isn't it?
4: Yeah, there has been some big cod. And I know so Copeton was very similar as well. And I know they're still catching some of those beautiful big trophy fish up there. So there's a reason, I think we've had this conversation before, Scott. There's a reason those big fish wind up as big as they do. They're the survivors. They know where to go, how to, how to survive these really hard times that come around um, in cycles through our, our weather here in Australia, you know, the land of extremes. So those big fish, they must hide in those big deep pools. They still find a food source and they must go into some sort of semi-hibernation, nearly, I believe, to make it through. And then uh, when the good times come around, away they go and they're, they're off breeding and they're still there. So it's, it's just amazing, the Australian native fish and what they actually do.
1: Is there evidence that they do breed successfully in Keep It?
4: I don't believe there is that they that they breed in Keepit, uh, according to fisheries research that they've done. Um, I've seen that they have tried to nest in Copeton, uh, but I think the fluctuation in the water levels tends to be a problem for them. Quite often their nests will wind up exposed because the problem is Some of the time when they're nesting is when they're dropping water out for irrigation purposes. So the fish get caught high and dry, literally. Uh, But they go back up the rivers and and nest in their uh, traditional spots. And obviously they do have very successful breeding seasons when the conditions are right, like we've just had. We've had a cracker of a season for it. So there should be little baby fish in the system
3: everywhere.
1: And what about those yellow belly being caught any any size amongst them and, and people bagging yeah, out because some of the yeah, country people out. do love to eat yellow belly don 't they? I, I think it's a bit do, <laughs> an acquired do, taste yes. for me, but uh.
4: yeah no but um it, it is great to see, and like people you know even the catch and release guys it's really good to see how many they've got there and and like we we still abide by bag limits even with catch and release in our comps. Um, just to to keep it um, fair for everyone, and we we like to see them swim away for another day. Um, some people, as you said, a lot of people do enjoy eating yellow belly, and there's been some really nice table fish caught, some really quite good size about them. So it's lovely to see out there that it's all happening.
1: That's interesting. So, when you do a catch and release comp, you hmm. also adhere to the bag limit. So,
4: yeah, so your best five.
1: So you only allow them to catch the five. Yeah. And then measure them and, and let them go.
4: Yeah, yeah, but it's your best five. Like you can upgrade, but most comps do those sort of things. You know, you have a limit on how many you're going to weigh in.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, and there's no problem with people keeping one or two no, because they no. they are stocked, aren't they? They're they're stocked.
4: Yes, yes, most definitely stocked the yellows, and um, yeah, we stock a lot of cod out there too. And that's, that's the sort of thing with with those big impounds. That's usually what they are. They're as they call it a put and take. Uh, fisheries. So, you know, we put them in, you can take them out. That's why you're allowed to take some of the uh, the catfish and the silvers as well because they're only ever stocked fish in the dams. So you're allowed to keep those ones as well, but only in dams, not in rivers.
1: Yeah, I can understand keeping the, the odd uh, catfish because they're really, really nice to eat and the odd silver, but... I just can't eat cod and and, uh, and golden perch. I just don't like the taste. But, yeah, fair enough. So. You know, but some people do, as you, as you say, yep. and and that's yes. their their beach. You know, when we go down to the beach and get some tailor and put them on the grill. Well, for country that's folk, not. the odd yellow belly out of the river or the dam uh, caught legally exactly. is their uh, feed of fish. Um, exactly. You know, so exactly. you A can't.
4: A lot of people will say that.
1: Yep. You can't deny them, can you? No. And. and um, Keep it fun is your motto, I know, with the, the carp muster. Uh, that's coming yes. up uh, you, traditionally over Easter, isn't it, the camping exactly. trip?
4: Exactly. It's over Easter, so we'll be out there fishing all day Saturday. So we caught nearly three tonne of fish just on the Saturday last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do something like that again this year. It'll be great. Uh, we're just starting to get the organisation and get the word out there that we will be there over Easter uh, for the carp. We don't keep it carp muster. And it will be a lot of fun, lots of great prizes and giveaways. And like I said, we really encourage anyone, even if you've never had a fish before, come on out and you'll soon
3: be hooked.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun and a great way to meet some fabulous local families from around the New England area. How far and wide do they come from?
4: Well, we get people from all over. We've even got uh, people come down from Queensland. I mean, it is school holidays as well. Keep It is a bit of a... Uh, draw card for a lot of people across the northwest from uh, Baradan, Coonabarabran, out that way, you know, down south, they come up from even from Newcastle and surrounds, they'll come up to have an inland holiday at Cape It. It is very much um, a very central point for people to meet and have holidays. There's great facilities out there for camping, bush camping, right through to cabins, um, powered sites for your caravans, all that sort of stuff. It's a reflections park. They do a really good job of hosting people for their holidays as well. And then you've got the the great big playground of the dam there. Uh, lots of things going on there, whether you want to fish or ski or swim or kayak. Uh, there's also a big sailing club there at Keep It as well. So they're great to watch. They have uh, come and try days as well. And then also based at Lake Keep It, there's the gliding club. So... There's um, glider flights that you can go and have joy flights and and have a bird's eye view of the dam and the district as well. So it, it really is a great spot to go and have a holiday and enjoy lots of different things on the water.
1: Well, I think the New England Northwest could not have a be- better ambassador for them than Annie Mitchie. Thanks for joining us again on the Big Fish.
4: Not a problem. Thank you, Scott. The
0: Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. Come Stinker with his fishing tips Some hot advice For your fishing
2: trip Where to find them What's the bait
3: Are you catching any, mate?
1: Morning, Stinker Hey, Scott Stinker, you cut your teeth as a a teacher A sports teacher, a PE teacher How are you at teaching people How to catch fish in the Stinker style?
3: (laughs) Well, I had a an extraordinary experience through the week. A friend of mine lives down the road, and he's very keen. You'll find with a lot of fisher folk, their their keenness uh, is is greater than their ability. If you do you understand yeah. what I'm. Yeah. Saying? That's right. Yes. And and this is that's how the case is with my friend, who's never really been a fisher person. And he said to me, could you teach me from scratch to do what you do? And I said, oh, look, I'll give it a go. I said, but, you know, you've got to have the equipment that I have. You've got to have a a nice rod and, and reel and you've got to have a good tackle box with some hooks and sinks in it and whatever else. You know, so we're starting from the very, very basics. And then I said, and to launch off the beach, you need a four-wheel drive. We've got one. He have got one. Okey-doke. Well, that's all good. Now, what about a boat? Now, a boat, the best boat you could possibly have to catch snapper around Fingal is around about oh, probably a 13 or with a 15-horsepower on it. That, that would be the ideal setup. I have sink pot, of course which is just part of the family, and that's 11 foot long with a nine horsepower. So I'm maybe a little bit smaller than, well, I am. My boat's smaller than anyone else. But my friend ended up getting a 12 footer with a with a nine horsepower on it and a good trailer. So he's in business. We're in business. So now he says, right. I said, okay, though. I said, I'll, I'll take you out. I said, get, get some bait, get some prawns, and I'll take you out, I'll get um, some burley, and we'll go out and we'll anchor on the apple tree. Now, you know the apple tree,
1: Scott. I've fished the apple tree. It goes all right.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's on
1: Particularly in a nor'easter, in a, in a nor'easter with a bit of rock and roll.
3: That's exactly what we had, As a nor'easter with rock and roll and a bit too much rock and roll, actually, as it was. But he was keen to go, and I was keen to show him and this is his first trip, his first fishing trip after he spent quite a bit of money getting um, sort of what he, he needed to get. So off we go, we go off the, the beach, but we find that his motor, um, which started okay, but we're going in his boat, okay, doke. So what we do is his boat motor doesn't tilt. So it's either straight down or out of the water. Now, that's no good. You've got to have a tilt to get over the shallow rocks. So anyway, I, I decided I'd row row out over the rocks so that his motor didn't hit the rocks. So we finally get into deep water, push the motor down, off we go. Everything's good. We get across to the island on the other side and I show him where to catch tail I said, now here's Taylor. We'll troll along here. And we trolled along. There weren't any Taylor, but I showed him how to do it. And it was a learning experience. That's the whole aim of the exercise, was to learn all these little things that need to be put in place. (laughs) Anyway, so no Taylor, But we get to the point and two huge waves come around the corner. Well, my mate panics a bit on on the tiller and goes a bit fast and hits the wave and we take off into the (laughs) air. Anyway, I'm up the nose of the boat, so I fly up in the air and land up on my backside with my feet up in the air. Oh, that's all right. Never mind. We'll overcome that. So I sort of stagger back up onto my seat, and we get to where we need to anchor. So hokey do, here we are. We're ready to go. Down gets the anchor. I throw it over the side of the boat, and there's only 30 foot of rope, and we're in 40 foot of water. (laughs) I'm thinking, this is not going too good. This lesson's going a bit haywire. (laughs) Anyway, so I said, look, mate, we're going to have to change plans because we just haven't got enough rope to get to the bottom. So I pulled up the anchor. Now, another problem was the anchor was tied to the nose of the boat. So to lift the anchor, you've got to crawl up to the nose of the boat. There's better ways of
5: anchoring than that.
1: Well, you do it off the side, don't you? You've got that uh, O-ring, plumber's toilet (laughs) O-ring set up, which is a beauty because you can reach it without having to climb to the front. But I remember it broke once, and I had to haul my bulk up to the front in a bit of a swell, and that gets a bit hairy. You know, you you don't want to be pushing the nose down when the swells are coming at you.
3: Well, that's that's true, and you don't want to be lifting your anchor from the nose of your boat. Uh, no. In a little boat like that, it, it, because it's, it's um, as to say, the boat will rock and roll and become unstable. So the anchoring system's no good. So I finally got the anchor up, and, well, we didn't have any trouble because it wasn't stuck on the bottom. <laughs> it
1: didn't have enough <laughs> it, rope. No, not enough rope. <laughs> <It's
3: still> work, <laughs> I think know?
1: about 60 feet is, is the magic number for your, a lot of your snapper fishing too, isn't it?
3: Yeah, maybe from forty to sixty.
1: Yeah, yeah. just a, a little bit deeper than his anchor rope would stretch. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> that's right, and and the anchor rope was too thin anyway. So, the, the, like, there was so, I didn't realise that so many things could go wrong. <laughs> but this but this, ha- this wasn't the end of it. So what happened? We finally went into in the water, uh, which was only sort of 25 foot deep, so the anchor would actually reach the bottom. But then we, when we wanted to shift, we couldn't lift the anchor. It was stuck. The anchor was stuck. So we had to drive the anchor off with, by the power of the boat, which we did and finally lifted it. And then I thought, look, we'll go to one more spot that we might be able to catch a fish. Inside, which we call the green hut. The green hut. And the green hut is inside our finger boat and so we anchored there and I'm just getting set and I want to try and catch some yellowtail because there I reckon are the best (laughs) boat the current is running under the boat and the wind is blowing the other direction so conditions could not be worse then I noticed that we're not on the same spot that we anchored so I've gone to the anchor rope to lift it up and the anchor had come off the end of the rope (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I lifted it up and there was the chain, but no anchor. It's gone. It's on the bottom. I said to my mate, look, the way things are heading on this fishing trip, the best thing we can do is go home while we're still alive.
1: Oh, dear. And and look, your anchor setup is so specialised too. You, You have prongers on the Kellick that are just soft enough to bend when it gets stuck on the reef and, and hard enough to hold the boat. You know, there's a lot of thought that's gone into those as well. I remember when you got a new anchor and the, the prongers were too strong and you couldn't get it up. You know, there's a, there's a fair bit you don't realise how much there is that you've worked out over the years to, to fish in that sort of environment.
3: Oh, that's true. I mean, and I'm all, I'm forever changing to make things more effective and easier. Uh, so now in my boat, when I go in stinkpot, I know exactly what's going on. I'm I'm totally confident, and I know I'm safe. And if the worst comes to the worst, I can row. I mean, I I've got pre- all the avenues covered. But going in another boat with someone who's just doesn't hasn't learned all these little tricks, um, I realise just how many things can go wrong. But um, so this has made me more determined to take my friend fishing in his boat than ever before because I said, look, don't let this, um, don't let this put out your fire of <laughs> enthusiasm. I said, this has made me more determined that we're going to go back and anchor at the apple tree, we're going to burly up and you're going to catch a fish and that's what's going to happen. And then once I've learnt all these things, and I said to my friend, I said, this has been an invaluable lesson because now we know 10 things that can go wrong that we won't be doing again. Oh, dear, oh dear. Oh, uh, what a, a trip. A lesson for me, too, you know.
1: Yeah, trial and error is the, 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 the as long as you make it back alive, that's, that's the main thing, isn't it?
3: <laughs> oh, dear. So, you know, when you're in boat, boating, uh, until you get the hang of it, I mean, even launching, Launching a boat and retrieving a boat can be a nightmare unless you um unless you get good at it, really. And then casting in a in a boat where there are two people. See some cast off the left shoulder, some cast off their right shoulder. So that you need even to consider that. You need to consider which shoulder you cast off, so that you're not belting the other guy over the scone every time you throw out your fishing line. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's, um, what I think is now very simple, uh, we found out that it was very, very difficult if you don't know what you're doing.
1: All right, well, good luck. Good luck. I'm sure eventually you'll have a great trip and he'll, he'll work it out. But safety is of really paramount importance. You've got to have an anchor that reaches the bottom and a motor that's reliable that starts straight away. That's something that's so important. And, and oftentimes you'll leave your motor just... Chugging away too when you're fishing washers. You know there are lots of little things you can do to to minimise the risk, aren't there?
3: Oh, many many things, and the and the best the best teacher is experience. Not you
1: know, wrong, stinker.
3: It, doing it, being on the water, and mm. then just finding out and and you'll learn eventually. Learn. I mean, I'm still learning. There well, are things that I pick up at the moment. I've been doing this for nearly fifty years, and and. I still learn, Scott. And you've got to have an open mind to think that you, if you think that you've got control of the sea, well, you've got another thing coming.
0: Yeah,
1: very, very humbling. Great, great lesson, Stinker. Tight lines, yeah.
3: mate.
0: Scott. <laughs> the Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. family were whinging, Dad you let yourself go They hardly ever visit, so how would they know Because I choose to live in a caravan park They think I've lost the plot, but they're way off the mark My waterfront view only costs 200 a week An old millard is my mansion, it's cosy and doesn't leak There's brim at me back door I catch enough to eat, I go prawning and crabbing up the mangrove creek. The kids shake their heads, they reckon they know best. Dad, you should be in a nursing home, you can't live like this. The Riverside Holiday Park is not their cup of tea. An old millard and a tinny, that'll do me. I reckon I got no social life but that's far from true This filthy Phil and Deb, the happy hour crew coal beers under the fig tree, prawns in the ice tub, on Friday we get the courtesy bus to the raffles at the club, they look down their noses they think I'm trailer trash because I clean the toilets to make some extra cash they said what if you get sick need medical attention I said you can call me an ambulance it's covered in me pension the kids shake their heads they reckon they know best dad you should be in a nursing home you can't live like this the Riverside Holiday Park is not their cup of tea an old millard and a tinny that'll do me comes, I finally have to go, just slide me into the river, tie a crap out of me toes, there'll be no need for sadness, no need to grieve, just check me next morning, the muddies are on me, the kids shake their heads, they reckon they know best, dad you should be in a nursing home. You can't live like this, the Riverside Holiday Park is not their cup of tea. An old Millard and a Tinny that'll do me. An old Millard and a Tinny, that'll do me. The Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio.
1: It's the Big Fish. And if you want to fish Sydney Harbour, then you'd better talk to Craig McGill because he lives there. He lives on the water. Good morning, Craig.
5: Good day, mate. I think you're right. I think i spent more time out there than I do at home.
1: It's been great to get back from COVID. It really knocked about the charter business, didn't it? Um, I believe you've been flat out. I hope the fish have been playing the game as well
5: Right, I mean, and it wasn't just COVID. It was that year of La Nina as well. That knocked us around probably as badly or, or worse um, than COVID. But yeah, we're we're back at it, and um, it's it's been it's been good, mate. To be honest, like the weather this year uh, is is you know better than average. I'd say we're getting out most days, um, so it's been good. And the fishing the fishing's been good. It's it's gone a little bit weird in the last week. I think that water temp is is unusually warm now. I don't know if you've had a look at that sea surface temperature chart that um I think it's the bomb or maybe the hydrographical lab and it shows that east australian current and there's just this purple this purple current right down the center mm. and I know the offshore boys it's it's bringing all the marlin and sharks. Yeah, it's full have, of I've, full
1: of black marlin we we spoke oh, about that with Michael Guest earlier he's been out in the the personal watercraft uh, Catching them, trying not to become a shish kebab. <laughs> well, I, I
5: don't know if you've had a chat to to Justin Duggan, but he saw a marlin go under his boat uh, at Dobroyd Dobroy Reef during the week.
1: Wow, right in the harbour.
5: <laughs> right in the harbour. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's common. I, I, I have seen them before, and I know there's been other reports, but it's not, you know, you don't, definitely don't see it every year, but um, if, if you're ever going to see it, it's going to be this year. Um, and, and there's I a good know, a
1: good run of big slimy mackerel at the moment too so they're feasting on those so they're all riding that that warm current uh, down yeah. from up north maybe eventually with the way climate's going they'll they'll all take up camp in sydney and you'll have, you have a game fishing charter as well as an yeah. estuary charter <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean the other thing too is um the bonito at the moment are just thick out there and and they're a nice size bonito too in fact Particularly from a marlin's point of view, the, um, the some of the bonito out there are the smallest I've ever seen. They're not much bigger than a, a large slimy. So I think that's another reason. But they're they're just in plague proportions at the moment, and that's that's Benito, That's typical of bonito. They love the um, any year where you get a big nutrient flush, they they respond very quickly to that. Whether it's um, you know iron being dumped in from from dust storms or or rain, or whatever it happens to be, but um, they've responded, and it's just... just every, everybody you speak to, whether it's in the harbour or outside the heads, it's just crawling with bonito at the moment, and, you know, obviously the marlin are going to come in with that, but so are the sharks. Man, I tell you what, oh, the sharks in the harbour at the moment are just ridiculous. Um, there's barely a day goes past you don't see uh, some hammerheads, and we're hooking big big um, bullies out there, and, yeah, it's just stick with
1: them. And and what sort of fishing have you, you've been able to do? Uh have you been dropping down the, the live squid or the or the fresh squid as you often do to catch the kingies or I guess it's tailored to suit whatever's on at the moment.
5: Yeah, that's right. Look, the king the kings are out there. The bigger kings are a little bit absent at the moment. They they were in after Christmas, but I think I've got a feeling there might be a little bit of a late a later spawning this year. They normally go out late spring, but I think they might I think they might have gone out there now, but we're still getting the odd big fish and, and plenty of rats. Um, a mate of mine hook, hooked a massive kingfish uh, over in the eastern suburbs about a week ago. This this was a fish that would have been um, we re- we estimate between 1.3 and 1.4 meter. He only got half of it back, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I'll I'll, I'll I'll show you the picture on on Facebook later on. But this was a real big king and the bite you know often when you get a shark bite it's a sort of crescent shape you know if it's a smaller shark yeah this, yeah this bite was straight across like it had been done with a pair of mm. big scissors
1: maybe a big a big bull shark even maybe a tiger
5: maybe even a tiger yeah look um I, i've seen a few turtles in the harbor and i've had other people mention it to me um tigers are you know classic turtle eaters that's what their their teeth are designed for cracking open turtle shells you know that can opener shaped teeth they've got yeah and um so it could have been a tiger, you know, but, I mean, m- most likely a big bull. But it, whatever it was, it was a really big shark because it, it bit a really big kingfish clean in half um, and no no shape in the bite whatsoever.
1: And, you know, That's it so tragic because it's so hard to to catch a really big kingfish and get it to the boat and keep it away from the moorings and the reef. Yeah. And there's such clever fish to, to to fight and get off that uh, yeah. to have one bitten in half is, is a bit deflating.
5: And, but the the interesting thing was, um, Steve said to me, even the bit they got back was enough was enough to feed uh, there was four blokes on board, it was enough for them all to take a, a feed home off it. Oh, <laughs> it that's just, good. Off, just oh, off well,
1: the top half. So it sh- didn't sharing, get away. sharing it with the the, the, the yeah. shark. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, yeah. That's an amazing story. Mm. What about you, Craig? Have you been catching a few kings?
5: Yeah, yeah, look, we've been getting plenty of kings. A lot of um sort of smaller kings around at the moment in the sort of, you know, sixty to seventy five um bracket um they've been good and they've been pretty they haven't been as fussy lately on the squid as they they normally are we've been getting them on on and um even some you know second hand squid from the day before um so they've been pretty feisty but that that water temp in the harbour you know we're, we're regularly getting 25 even a little bit over um in the harbour lately which just makes everything just bite like crazy you know their metabolism
1: just yeah that's great i'm just looking at your facebook now you're getting beautiful snapper and lots of really big kingfish you know the 80 to 90 centimeter type jobs up to a meter
5: yeah yeah well we we um we've been getting more snapper in the last five years um just our bycatch of snapper um has has just gone through the roof and you know fish we, we never used to see fish like that i think it's probably got a lot to do with the fact that the commercial guys are out because um, that is pretty much from the time where it started to, to improve. But, you know, we're, we're not targeting them. But there's guys that do target them, and they're getting some amazing fish in the harbour, but it's very, it's very stealthy stuff. You know, you've got, to, you've got to be out there first light and the right baits and the right spots and the right time. a bit like catching dewfish, you know what I mean? You've really got to have it tick every box.
1: Mm-hmm. it's interesting looking at all of those photos boy you've been catching some kings of the yeah. different coloration of kings some have the, the really strong line through through the lateral part of the fish through the eye uh, does that change though af- after a while I mean or is that a, a permanent mark because and, and others are quite uh, silvery
5: yeah no look it's the same as with any fish you know you get a brim right up the back of middle harbour he's quite black you get him out in the surf and he's, he's white and kings are the same I think um, their mood has a bit to do with it, you know. If it's if it's around spawning time, I think they're, they're different colours, and um, you know, depending on whether they've come in, you, you can pick the ones that have just come in from the ocean because they're those bright, those bright yellow ones. Um, real, real light coloured body, bright yellow fins, and they're really sort of lit up. And then if you get the ones that have come down from from upstream, they're those real dark, uh, dark back ones. You know, the dark olive backs, and the fins aren't as bright. So yeah, there's there's quite a bit of um variety in the, in the colour of them
1: I noticed one there with a, 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 a older chap who would have had his arms stretched on the north side by the look of it, I can work out where yeah. you are just by looking yeah. at the background uh, I know, notice some fish shows now blur the background or put in fake backgrounds so people yeah. can't see where they are it's a bit hard for you to hide when you can see Centrepoint Tower Or uh, <laughs> yeah. well, but well, this guy was on north head, of your, on the north side um, yeah. with the one with a big tag in it
5: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. No, we we quite regularly get tag ones now um, in the harbour, and of course, you know, we return them all to to fisheries to find out where they've been, and um, and I, I used to tag them. I don't do so much of it now, but um, yeah. And with with that background thing, I I, I learnt my lesson with that once. I posted some stuff, and the area just got just got hammered. So what I do now is I I spread them out. I'll put up, I'll save them up. I'll put up ten different. 10 different shots with 10 different <laughs> backgrounds and that way like, people can people can pick which one of those 10 they want to go to, but it tends to dilute the crowds.
1: Yeah I'm just I'm looking at that it's so funny there's Balmoral uh, there's Barangaroo in the background uh there's South Head there's North Head yeah. <laughs> You're a funny fella Uh good stuff because it is pretty busy out there but hopefully everyone's catching a few and and letting yeah. a few go and and having fun why why not
5: Mate, that's what it's all about, isn't
1: it? Having fun. Yeah, as long as it's sustainable, Craig, and it looks like it yeah. is very sustainable in there in Sydney Harbour. It's just amazing, yeah. really. It's one of the world's greatest urban fisheries.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, no no, doubt about it. I mean, where else in the world do you get fish like that with a city backdrop?
1: Exactly. On a beautiful, yeah. beautiful blue sky day. Can't get better. Yeah. Craig, you've just made everyone in Sydney want a line. Tight lines. Take care.
5: Thanks, mate. Talk soon.
4: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.